Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one judicious page of Talmud a day. Our guest today, one of my favorite scholars and intellectuals, Tevi Troy, a former senior White House aide in the George W. Bush administration and a deputy secretary of health and human services from 2007 until 2009 and a fantastic, insightful, engaging writer on issues of politics and state and culture. Hello. Hey, Leo. Thanks for having me. I love the podcast. Thank you, and we love you. So it's very auspicious that we're, that we're speaking today of all days, because here's what we find on today's page. I'll read a very short passage. Wherever you find two Tanaim and two Amoraim, you know, ancient rabbis, who disagree with each other in the manner of the disputes between Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel, the more stringent and the more lax houses, one should not act in either accordance with the leniency of the one or in accordance with the leniency of the other, nor should one act in accordance with the stringency of the one or in accordance with the stringency of the other. Rather, one should act either in accordance with both the leniencies and the stringencies of the one, or in accordance with both of the leniencies and the stringencies of the other. This strikes me as not just a meditation on how to resolve rabbinic, uh, halachic, Talmudic disputations, but also a pretty good invitation on how to think about political quarrels, the sort of which in your long and storied career, you have seen quite a few, right? Oh, absolutely, and it's one of my favorite subjects, and uh, obviously I just wrote a book on this White House, Rivalries in the White House from Truman Trump, where I look at what people do when they have the chance to fight each other over these important issues. Obviously, in the Gemara, they're fighting over issues that we're still talking about thousands of years later. So these issues have real impact, and it matters how you resolve the disputes between them. And I think the Gemara here is saying that there should be opportunities for reconciliation. Each side should get their views heard and in a respectful way. You can't just pick and choose and uh, leave one side out. And so, look, when we talk about political disputes, especially in this, the year of our Lord 2020, we have come really, I think, to think about politics. And I love the title of the book, Fight House, because we've come to think about politics as a sort of a fight club, right? It's a bloody battle between two people and really only one could remain standing at the end. Give us some insights into some fascinating historical political quarrels and what they could teach us about how we could just play this game much better. It's a great question, Leo. Look, there are obviously fights in the White House that are nasty and longstanding where people kind of never get over it. And there's the famous story in the Truman administration where Clark Clifford and General Marshall fought about the recognition of Israel. Marshall loses the fight. And he's so mad at Clark Clifford that he never again speaks to him or mentions his name for the rest of his life. <laughs> now, I would argue that that is the wrong approach. And we have some nasty fights in other administrations where people were more conciliatory or recognizing each other's feelings. I talk in my book about the Reagan administration. Ed Meese wants to be chief of staff. He loses out to Jim Baker. And Reagan wisely tells Baker, make it right with Ed. And he gives Meese a nice title, who's counselor to the president, and he gives him some impressive job responsibilities. Now, Baker was smart and made sure that he had the job responsibilities that allowed him to run the White House, and there was definitely fighting between them, and they were they are famous rivals, but they also were able to work things out together, and importantly, 
they never dished on each other after the administration ended. So I think that kind of reconciliation is important. If I can just give one more story. In the Kennedy administration, Ted Sorensen and Arthur Schlesinger were rivals. Schlesinger was famous before the administration, written a Pulitzer Prize winning book, among others. And Sorensen was famous because of his association with Kennedy and was closer to Kennedy and therefore had a more elevated role in the White House. When the administration ends with the tragic assassination of Kennedy, they are fighting and racing to get the first memoir out. And they're kind of elbowing at each other. And one, Sorensen tries to get Schlesinger to hold off on writing his book so that Sorensen's book can come out first. In the end, Sorensen's book comes out first. Schlesinger's book wins the Pulitzer Prize, so they each got something. Uh, but it's acknowledged that that period damaged their relationship. But later on, Sorensen was asked about this notion that maybe they were rivals and didn't get along. And Sorensen said something, said something really beautiful, which is competitors, it could easily be as asked as whether tennis champion Arthur Ashe and I were competitors. Arthur Schlesinger was an intellectual giant. And I think that kind of conciliatory approach to someone with whom you might have had a tiff or a disagreement or a change of view on a rabbinic psaac as we have in the Gemara today, I think that kind of approach of conciliation and being able to figure out a way to work things out is a much better approach, and I think that's what we're getting at in Dafsayan today. So other than relying on the accidents of fate to have men and women in these positions of power who understand this Talmudic insight and who understand how important it is to take the conciliatory tone Is there anything else historically in your studies and in your lived experience that we could do, any measures we could bake into the system, any, you know, regulations even we can insist on to make sure that especially our loci of power don't turn into these fight clubs? It's a good question in that you can't always rely on people to act in the best way. And my book, White House, is filled with examples of people not acting in the best way. And so one of the things I talk about, I talk about the levers that presidents have to control the infighting. And one of the key things is process. And in the White House, that means how you write the memos and how you get the memos approved and who gets to go to the meetings. And all this thing should be done according to set halacha, set rules within the White House about how this is done. If you adhere to those rules, everybody gets their say, everybody gets their seat at the table. And even if you lose, you feel like your voice was heard. I think the Gemara similarly sets up rules for how to handle disputes between rabbis so that things don't get out of hand. And I think we should all kind of take that into our daily lives, even in, in within families. We should have rules for how we have discussions so that things don't lead to a place where people storm out or don't talk to each other ever again. And so here's a good idea. From now on, every president-elect, in addition to national security briefings, must study Eruvin, page 7. Tevi Troy, thank you so much for being our guest today. Yeah, they should probably study Fight House as well. That goes without saying, and it also goes without saying that everyone enjoying today's page should rush out and buy and read carefully, closely, repeatedly, Fight House. Thank you so much, Tevi, for being our guest. Thanks so much. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. 
For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.